Welcome to Generation Fangirl. You were born in the 80s. And you were born in the 90s. And together we talk about Saturday morning cartoons, after credits, fun scenes, and everything in between. Excellent. <laughs> it's I relevant. don't know why I put fun scenes, but... <laughs> Listen, it's relevant because a few trailers dropped this week. There's um, so many trailers. We have yeah. so many trailers to talk about real quick before and, we even get into our main topic. And listen, working at a movie theater, like the MCU has has ingrained in everyone to stay until the very last credits are over in the hopes that there is an extra scene. There's often yeah. not, but it's just been drilled into us now. Yeah, like it used to be like a fun little Easter egg. And now mm-hmm. it's like a requirement. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so how many trailers are there going to be after the movie? Three? Okay. okay it's nice, be. though, because I think it's 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 respectful to all the people who worked on these movies to, like, value their time and watch the credits roll. But today, it is December 8th, yes. Saturday, uh, and we've got quite a few trailers to quickly run through before we get to our main topic of yes. X-Men. Welcome X-Men. to the 10th episode Merry Christmas. (laughs) So So before we get into the trailers real quick. um, So by the time that this episode airs, it'll be December 14th, which means Mm -hmm. I personally will be watching Into the Spider-Verse. Hell yeah. Because it will be out. And I'm so excited. Actually, one of our mutual friends, apparently they're at the theater right next to where I live. I mean, really close yeah. to where I live. They, had they just early had screenings. some early screenings all of a sudden, and one of my one of our good friends was like, "Oh yeah, I just randomly went," and I was like, uh, "How did you get to see it first? That's not fair." But I've, I mean, it's got like a hundred percent reviews. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Everyone's saying like it's got a great combination of, you know, plot and there's action, and also it's like just a refreshing tale on these characters that we already know and these characters that maybe not everybody else knows and yeah. so it's, and it's it's just it's and the animation looks so good and i yeah. imagine the soundtrack's really good so i'm just so excited it's just gorgeous and i hope I, i'm hoping to uh see it a little bit early next week um with like an employee screening or something we'll see i yes. i hope they do that but um i'm really I'm excited so for it i have all the reviews i've seen are just like you are not ready. It is going to blow your mind. Like, you're not ready. It's going to be awesome. And I'm yeah. so excited to see it. I very rarely these days, just because of time and everything, I very rarely see movies twice. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling I'm going to have to see this at least twice. Oh, yeah. So Even just I'm to very just excited. Marvel have it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but then in the meantime, like a million trailers came out. Mm-hmm. Marvel's, that's... yeah, Marvel's got their, got their shit together. I think, uh, Aquaman comes out not next week, but in two weeks, mm-hmm. um, because they don't even want to fuck with animated Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, like we, we, we can't compete with that. Um, but this week, Captain Marvel trailer number two came out. And oh, then the so new good. Avengers of Infinity War Part 2 trailer came out. Yeah, it came out yesterday. So we talked about this in the uh, Marvel episode. Okay, so Infinity Wars is coming to ne- Netflix. Oh, it December. is? Yes. Oh, hell and yeah. I, I still haven't seen it because I refused oh. to. Oh, I forgot about that. But <laughs> I just, I refused to because everyone was bummed out when it came out. And so I was Listen, like, I don't want it. I, 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 I was talking about Infinity War yesterday with some coworkers and 
What I'm going to say is spoilers. Is that okay? That's I've been spoiled on everything. Okay, okay. It's so fine. that's I'm why gonna... I'm like I don't want to actually watch it. I already know. All right. Skip like skip four and 15 seconds if 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 you worry about spoilers. But basically, Thanos is about to be defeated by Tony Stark and everyone and then Peter Quill fucks things up because he gets so emotionally upset about mm-hmm. losing Gamora. Uh, spoilers over. But basically, like, <laughs> what I love about oh, that scene, boys. I was talking with a coworker who was saying, like, I can't believe, like, Peter Quill fucked everything up. Like, I'm so mad at him. He's so annoying. Like, everyone hates Peter Quill. And I'm like, no, I love him. Like, yes, he did <laughs> ruin everything. He fucked up royally. But I really value that he is such a character that's driven by like by such emotion and that Mm -hmm. he like especially as a male character was able to like lose himself to his like emotions and really mess up in that way um because he's lost everything and yes so has everyone else but it like really hits him hard and I love that we get to see that like vulnerability and like mistakes on his part yeah what it seems to me is that the way that the story goes someone was gonna mess up and it just oh, yeah. happened to be him like he oh, yeah. was just the one that was gonna do it because i mean so i'm saying like, like ah, someone was gonna do it if they, if they stopped thanos in the first movie then there's not a movie like mm. yeah which is also which is very exciting because when you watch it you're like oh yeah of course they're gonna defeat thanos because they've defeated all their enemies before but um when it's like oh no this is just part one you're like fuck everything's you know, different now I actually, and I don't think if it, I don't think it came from you, but I saw a tweet from the official Squirrel Girl Twitter, mm-hmm. where she quoted the she as if it's actually her. Um, they quoted, they quoted the um, I guess from the original Marvel tweet that had the trailer for Endgame, mm-hmm. and it, and then she replied something like, "This is what happens when you don't call me" or something like that. <laughs> and I was just, I just thought of you. And it's true. Like, it's super. Super funny. I don't know. Maybe she was like in space hanging out with Galactus. Not, yeah. not like like she was she's too busy. But, but they just, I just do, call her. Thanos I is a punk like, ass bitch. I mean, I I like the trailer because it you know it starts out, it's just, you know, it's kind of a bummer. Like everybody's in kind of a bad spot mm-hmm. where we left off. But it's actually like hopeful which is really nice. There's like a bit of, oh man, you know, maybe we'll get a happy ending, you know, like we won't suffer as much this this time around. It's going to work out because if it doesn't, I don't know what I'll do. So there is a sense of hopelessness in, especially in Captain America, like his lines, but it's also- Also, everybody's sad that his beard's gone. And I'm like, all right. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> notice that his beard didn't was there. I, I everyone was like, "Thanos took away his beard." <laughs> Honestly, I was focusing too much on how so it wiped out fifty percent of the people. And for some reason, when I watched the movie, I thought that way more people had died and that there were way less Avengers like left. But we have Bruce Banner, Captain America, Black Widow, Thor. And those are the main Avengers, I guess. And then also, obviously, uh, Ant-Man later on. But when they were showing up, I was like... I thought they confirmed that he... Oh, wait, no, that was that weird extra credit scene where I thought... Ant-Man didn't die. He wasn't wasn't, uh, affected by the snap. He was lost in the quantum realm. Oh, yeah, that's right. So one question is, like, how is he going to get out of the quantum realm? I wonder... I mean, he showed up at the door. 
Right. I wonder if Captain Marvel will help him get out of it in her movie because it is going to be set in the 90s, like mm-hmm. flashbacks, but I think it's also going to have a flash forward to see what she's doing in the present and how she's going to factor into the Infinity War part two movie. By the way, like the CGI on Captain Marvel just looks so good. Yes, yes. Looks, these so both of these movies legit. I mean like you can I mean, you know, we've we've gotten used to like, okay, obviously that's CGI, but like there were times where I was like, is she actually like glowing on fire? <laughs> that's really yeah. And these so Captain Marvel comes out in March and then Infinity War I mean Avengers Endgame comes out in April. And it's both really of these trailers funny. yeah both both these trailers dropped this week. So I'm kind of we're just skipping around with them a little bit. But mm-hmm. I have to say, I love that the new Avengers movie is called Avengers Endgame. I think mm-hmm. that's very, very, like... It's a very comic book name. It is, and I love it. And I saw a tweet the other day about, um, or yesterday, about how it sounds like a what someone would title a uh, 300k, like, slow burn Avengers fanfic. Avengers <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, You're and I love it. Wrong. Wrong. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I watched the, the the Captain Marvel trailer. I'm so excited for Nick Fury. Um, mm-hmm. young Nick Fury is very exciting. Um yeah, the I like that. on that looks really good too. It's right? really freaking me out. Yeah. And, and I mean, even in uh Cap- even in Captain America Civil War, um seeing young Robert Downey Jr. blew my mind because mm-hmm. he was a young actor. So they did have like that footage and like like were able to recreate it, but they just did such a good job that I was like whoa he's so young yeah yeah little baby but i I also like that they give uh captain marvel her mohawk in a few scenes yeah i noticed Um, that too yeah i was surprised because i thought they wouldn't uh go for that in this movie yet so that was very cool Um, yeah well i think it's just her helmet i'm not sure if it's maybe if like the helmet like gives her a mohawk sort of it was it looked like it looked like the helmet had like a like cut out of it so that her hair yeah. was like sticking through but like her yeah. hair was short enough that it looked like a mohawk i don't I know we'll see, see. Mm-hmm. but it's just cool because i noticed i that... wonder i wonder if that is footage from like the present time so like maybe in the Ooh. 90s her hair is longer and then she gets the mohawk in like present time after nick fury in infinity war sends out that message um, yeah, and I don't know nearly as much about Captain Marvel as I wish I did. Me I just kind of always knew her as like she was kind of like not a, I guess kind of a side character because I never read any of books that were just about her. Like she was always kind of an extra character in the background that was doing badass stuff. And so that's kind it's kind of like with Doctor Strange how you were mentioned that like, oh yeah, he's that weird spooky uncle that just lives in the mountains and everybody goes visits every once yes, in a while. Yes, I love And with, I'm like, with... yes, it's exactly how I feel about him too. <laughs> it's it, I like I, I love Doctor Strange in the sense that mm-hmm. he is a character that exists in the background so people are always going to him but i like that more of having him on the periphery instead of him as a main character Mm -hmm. um with captain marvel i'm more familiar with ms marvel so my introduction to captain was like seeing her as this kind of like very big like hero almost not messiah necessarily but like reputable like figure of like heroic stature that ms marvel like Mm-hmm. admires and also has like similarities to and stuff like that so i'm excited to see what captain marvel's backstory is in the movie and then maybe look at the comics of that afterwards because i want to i kind of want to go into the movie like blank slate and just yeah be me too like i it. keep yeah i keep wanting to go out and buy every captain marvel comic there is but at the same time mm-hmm. <clears throat> i'm like 
I kind of want to do that after the movie, which yeah. is normally not how I approach things. Like, especially if there's like a movie that's based on a book mm-hmm. that looks really good. Like I have to read the book before. Yeah. This time around, I'm like, no, I kind of, I kind of just want to just see it how it is and not have any expectations except that it looks cool. Yeah. So I'm very yeah. excited. I might even come drive over. Yes, please, 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 try. please, please do. Really we'll hard. have we'll have the Brussels sprout pizza, and it will be great. Brussels sprout um, pizza. Yeah. What what I love about like comics movies, they're really interesting because unlike book adaptions, where I feel like I do need to read the book source material first, with comics movies, there's so much that they leave out or different takes that they take on the characters that it really feels more like a alternate timeline than a like than like a shot for shot like representation yeah. of what it of what the comics will be yeah, so that's true yeah because I, with I, comics you have so many different authors and different interpretations oh yes it's like whenever there's a movie you kind of just blend everything together and yeah. pick and choose and even when i'm reading comics i just kind of choose what i like best and ignore <laughs> what i don't we talked a little bit about that last last episode but if you are looking for Captain Marvel comics. I've heard really great things about the life of Captain Marvel. It's a fairly new mini series. Talks about like her past, and apparently it's supposed to be very. Um, it'll make you very emotional, about Captain Marvel. So it's a. I think it's a mini series. It's maybe only like five okay. issues or something. I think it's all released now. Um, so it may even be in trade paperback now. Ooh, but, that would be really handy. Yeah, the life of Captain Marvel. So I definitely want to check that out after um, after the movie. So I'm very excited for that. I love yes. that. Nick Fury loves cats. Just like, this is very good. And it's going to be a fun new side of him that we haven't seen yet. I already mm-hmm. loved him in um, Captain America. Was it Civil War or was it Winter Soldier where he hung out with? Ooh, with I haven't Steve seen Moore. either of those since they came out in theater. Yeah. So I, I think, it, I think it was pretty sure it was Winter Soldier. He yeah. like comes to, comes to Steve's apartment <laughs> and then like they get shot up. And um, yeah, I think. And so, the, but if you told me that it was Civil War, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'd be he, like, he I leaves, believe you. He leaves, like, information on a flash drive in the in the vending machine so, or, or or Captain America. Yeah, it's like I that, that movie. I think that is one. Yeah, because it's, it's in the vending machine when when Nick Fury gets injured. Yeah. Anyway, that I, I really enjoyed his role in that movie. So I'm excited to see more of him as a character because he's kind of always been, like, the mysterious, like, boss figure. But Avengers Endgame looks very fun as well and I only say fun because I love Scott Lang and I'm so excited to see him like back with the Avengers yeah um he's definitely the comic relief now that all the other comic relief characters are dead so (laughs) and I really Uh loved Ant-Man and the Wasp so I'm excited to see that stuff pay off even though it's kind of a bummer like Evangeline Lilly's character yeah is dust also but Scott Lang is great so excited to see him yeah, I was so happy to see him in the trailer. I was like, thank God. Cracking some jokes. <laughs> He's going to be the only one who's, like, joking. And I'm also like, my dude, like, you lost all of your family, probably. So maybe we shouldn't be as 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 happy as we are. One of my favorite jokes in Ant-Man and the Wasp is when he's talking with Evangeline Lilly, uh, uh, Hope, and he... He says, like, yeah, well, like, Cap needed my help. And she's like, Cap? And he says, uh, Cap, Captain uh, Captain America. We, we call him Cap. And she's like, are you friends now? Is that <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless. Big old nerd. So I had some other news about Sabrina on Netflix. Ooh. But I don't even know if I want to mention it because I'm on such a Marvel. <laughs> I know. Um, so pretty much there ha- there's a Christmas special. 
oh. coming out. I don't remember what day it's coming out. Maybe it's coming out next week, but it's like a little mini episode and that's the thing. And then season two is coming out in April and a trailer for that came out and it looks way better than season one. Awesome. And since, I don't know, since I mentioned it a lot, I was like, oh, I guess we can talk about that too. But that's not really, I mean, it's comic books. It's just not Marvel. That's exciting though, that it'll be um, better than the first one. It's nice because I guess the first one was a little more set up, but it's 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 yeah. nice that they didn't get well, into their Well, I mean, I don't want to get, I don't want to get into too much like spoilery stuff with season one, but basically the way I'll sum it up is I felt like the big finale of the last episode kind of made the whole season pointless so mm-hmm. i was like well that's kind of dumb but like season two the trailer i was like okay this is what i was expecting the show to be so now i'm actually like excited so i don't know so what are we talking about today carol <sighs> we're talking about x-men and i feel like i need i need i need like a glass a of wine but oh it's, it's like it's like 11 a.m so i can't i can't do that right now I'm just like, oh man. Okay, oh, well, this is okay. This is another big general yes. topic that we're gonna try and just yes, very After- general with, and then maybe <laughs> later we'll have specific episodes. Yes, for sure. We should I am- like, I would love to have like a Wolverine episode. Oh like, yeah, you can have an entire episode just talking about him. Same here. So, I, yeah. I as I was figuring out what I wanted to talk about in this episode, um, and it took me like two weeks to <laughs> to try and like like it's get it down I, know. I, I got down so i, I want to just kind of do a brief like over sweeping um mm-hmm. thing about about x-men because i i love x-men um actually the way that You're i got jam. into it it's my gym jam but i'm actually fairly new to the x-men verse um Dude, you are I, an encyclopedia of x-men by now i, I am i am it but it's hard but it's only been like a year and a half since I got into it because I so speaking of Wolverine with the Logan movie that came out in 2017 which seems like it felt it feels like it came out forever ago but it It came out last March Mm -hmm. Um, can you believe Black Panther came out this year I don't what yeah (laughs) wait 2018's been a very long year oh my god okay hmm yeah, that puts things into perspective. Wow. So Logan feels like even longer. Yes, yes. And Logan is Logan is very good. But I remember seeing it and I had enjoyed the the Wolverine movie. Um that was just called The Wolverine, where he goes to Japan. And I I so re so watching Logan, I was just like amazed by the performance and like by all the actors and the story and the the tragedy of it. It's very, very cool. Um, and so then the day afterwards, I uh, went like to my friend's house and we just marathon the first three X-Men movies. Uh, the third one was bad. But when I watched the second X-Men movie with um, that's the one that has Nightcrawler in it, I was first of all, I was kind of bamboozled because my friend was like when he showed up on screen, she was like, oh, yeah, doesn't he have like he's like weirdly obsessed with Storm or something. So mm-hmm. I got it in my head that they were like a canon ship or something like that because they yeah. have very good chemistry in that movie. They really do. I was like, oh, hello. They do. Alan Cummings and Halle Berry do such a great job. And like, 
it's it, that that movie also just in general they is have, very good. Hugh Jackman's really great in it too. They do. They have like they bedroom have the eyes. Glances, like the capital T, time. capital G. The, the, the scene before he bamps into the uh, false um, cerebro, and she's like <laughs> telling him like that she has faith in him, and he just like yeah. looks at her with his like big golden eyes, and I'm just like, I'm shook. What? Um, <laughs> I'm shook. <laughs> But I really like I, I did like like hold on to those characters. And so that kind of just after watching those movies, I wanted to watch the prequels and mm-hmm. get into the comics because I was really interested in these characters. And I started um, reading the Storm miniseries by Greg Pak that was back in uh, 2014 because I had a few issues from it because I remember buying it at a comic shop when it came out, but I hadn't read them yet. So I went back and read those and just dove into the comics verse and everything. So, and now here I am, and now this is where I am. But I, now I have like a greater appreciation for a lot of different X-Men um, mm. and, and not just kind of like my faves, but I've been keeping up with the comics now and it's it hasn't been very long. But for this episode, I do want to do a more general sweeping the original mutants and like yeah. like so we'll, let's just, just, we'll just see where this conversation goes yeah so like let's pretend people have been living under a rock and they heard of x-men and they've heard of wolverine mm-hmm. they've heard of, of well of listen the, maybe maybe it's a, maybe it's you know? 2016 and they haven't seen logan yet so they're not that into x-men i was yeah. there once too so <laughs> so let's just like give a very generic teal deer of teal deer kind of yeah. Mutants. Yeah, they mutants. have a mutation in their genes that makes them mutants and it either like gives them superpowers of some kind mm-hmm. or and or changes their outer appearance. Normally um it's it's either superpowers or both superpowers and um a mutation like they have blue skin and pointy ears and a tail or they have like they're green and spiky and have like a big arm or maybe they just like become this globular like I don't know pink blob thing with a skeleton yeah. inside but the thing is that they're all humans mm-hmm. but just with a genetic like mutant gene and sometimes yeah. the mutation doesn't come out until they are like 12 or something and sometimes yeah. they're born like it yeah and, and often when it comes out when they are like in like prepubescent mm-hmm. uh either they their appearance does start to change or they start developing like psychic powers or something. But from what I've seen a lot of times, if, if people are born, like just like you're born as a baby and you have, you're like, look weird. Then like you are a mutant, like Nightcrawler was born and he was blue and had pointy ears and a tail. Yeah. And there are a lot of different series that draw from this. I'm not sure like what came first or whatever, but it, they, all the, all the students, it's basically like a big boarding school at the Xavier uh, school for gifted youngsters, mm-hmm. um, similar to Harry Potter or Boku no Hero or whatever. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because I found this out while I was researching this, and uh, it's something that I didn't know. So when they were coming up with X Men, I mean, like you know, Stan Lee and everybody, um, yeah, they basically sixties. The yeah, they basically came up with the characters first. So they're like, let's have a guy that shoots lasers out of his eyes. Let's have a, a girl that can read minds. Like they came up with all that stuff first, and then they were like, well, where do they get these powers from? And then they were just like, uh, what if they were just born with them? They end. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. That's cool. They kind of went backwards. <laughs> so actually, a funny story that I just realized that I think you will be really amused by. Okay. When I first 
I don't I, like I've always known about X-Men. I never really got introduced to it. It just it was like always there. And I, I feel like Wolverine's kind of like the poster child. Like oh, he's yeah. like the main mm-hmm. mascot, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I thought that his claws were his mutation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until way later that his mutation was healing. Mm-hmm. And that's how he even gets the claws in the first place. Because it's like, oh, he'll just heal himself. Like, yeah. I, I had no idea. I was like, and oh, like, like, I thought he was just born with these claws. Right? Like, the claws are a part of it, but they he's also is, like, an experiment. So they weren't yeah, always out of the experiment part. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's crazy. But so if if anybody else also. No, same same here. You're not alone. <laughs> when I was, like, younger and I guess, like, in in the old school TV show, um i was just like well cyclops has laser beams and he can never open his eyes without his glasses which fucking sucks and then wolverine has big claws and he's just reckless um Mm -hmm. but it's actually that he can literally become like a skeleton and regrow regrow his flesh and stuff but he wasn't an original yeah he was not he was not an original but he is definitely the uh the 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 fan favorite and for good reason i mean he's he's a fascinating character and i love that he's literally five foot nothing um sometimes i sometimes i see that he's five foot three and i'm like nah five foot nothing my short man what's up um but he I, i read a quote about I was reading an article about turtles, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it was talking about Raphael and how Raphael is the Wolverine of the turtles, whereas mm-hmm. he's the he's the fan favorite of that yeah. group. Um, <laughs> but the original the original five is kind of what they're called of the X Men um, mm-hmm. are all X Men that did not look necessarily different from other people except for angel i guess so yeah. it's cyclops marvel girl aka jean gray uh Iceman, angel and beast and beast at this point wasn't big blue and hairy a la kelsey Grammer and everything else <laughs> um but those five i didn't really know that they were the original five until i started getting back into the comics and reading yeah. uh more recent stuff like the uncanny x-men run by brian michael bendis and all new x-men where the younger, the original five young X-Men come from the past into the present. They're like transported there by older Beast. Um, and so through that, I was able to learn more about the original five because they are the original kids at Xavier's mm-hmm. school. They're their original students. And just kind of having the classic adventures of uh, Magneto's up to his stuff again. We got to stop him. We're also, we don't really know how to control our powers. We're all teens. And there's a girl on the team and everyone there's has a crush a on her. Yep. She but, can read your dirty thoughts. <laughs> and she's like, I'm surrounded by idiots. Nah, she's God. like a good girl. But there's, um, it, it's interesting because with the movies, that's how most people, I think, uh, I don't know, of, of like mainstream oh, comics first were introduced to it. And so what I think of the first, like the main uh, X-Men crew would be, Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops, and mm-hmm. uh, Jean Grey, basically. Yeah, just yeah, those main four. Yeah, kind of all the, like, the adults, in, mm-hmm. in the, at least in the original movie, because, yeah, mm-hmm. if you, like, if you were too young to watch the Saturday morning cartoon, then you definitely got introduced through the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. definitely how they had it set up. They were like, okay, here are the, like, the original, yeah. and here's all the new, younger characters coming into the school for the first time. <laughs> and so that's why it's always, like, I always forget that Wolverine is not in the original. Yeah, he was but. never really a student. I mean, they were all students, but when they first came I don't to think the he school, showed up until after the, was he, 
Was the school? I don't think the school was like a thing yet when he showed, or maybe it was. I, I think know. he shows up later. I mean, by the by the time he shows up, because he with his healing powers, he also ages very slowly. So by yes. the time he shows up, oh, he's yeah, like he's, he's been around. He's been around forever. Yeah, and and I mean, when when Storm shows up and like Colossus is one of the kind of original mutants too, they seem to be adults, but they are also strictly students and then mm-hmm. it's interesting to see the over the course of these decades of comics how now that group is are the teachers and they are no longer the students and xavier has died in different timelines i think in the current timeline he is dead but maybe he'll come back i don't know there's time travel too um but then kitty there's pride <laughs> yeah kitty pride is one of the characters who comes in later um after the og5 yeah. Uh, and she is 13 at the time so she is a student yeah. but then she also starts dating colossus who is like it's 19. weird it's very weird but the weird thing People about don't comics, know how weird it is the thing about comics is like well now she's like a teacher and like she's the headmistress of the school in the current comics timeline really and Holy oh yeah shit. Yeah, oh my she's, she's kick ass. She's got like that. she's got like a pixie cut, and she's like got all these responsibilities on her shoulders. Yeah, and she had the. Uh, I mean, this is we'll spoilers. talk about her later. Okay, okay, we'll we'll talk about her and her. But, yeah. her she's had some recent arc shit going on this year. Um, Thank God, I just have the, not been paying attention. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll I'll, I'll give you the deets. But oh, the yeah. weird thing about comic ages is that, like, they have been the same age for decades, but mm-hmm. also not white so she was 13 when she joined yeah she was a teenager for like mm -hmm. 40 years Mm -hmm. yeah and she she had a relationship with with uh colossus and then he he broke up he broke up with her after i mean um, it was always very like very sweet yes yes and it's like it's like our first love but it was still was like they would point out like like he would still point out like oh you're you're so young and all that stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) like she would always want to like (laughs) like you know be an adult and she'd be like no (laughs) but so i don't know but i haven't read all of those it was a different time but it was supposed to be like i mean it's it's always going to be kind of creepy but like it was written as like oh it's very like you know first love puppy love sort of Mm -hmm. stuff but Mm-hmm. And there's I well I want to I want to have a brief aside because when Colossus breaks up with Kitty Pride uh, after he he falls in love with someone else and they have this mm-hmm. very um, sad breakup on a hill facing the sunset and it's it's very sweet and it's been um, brought back again because they had a, a her her most recent arcs in the main comics kind of rehashed that pain from then um, mm-hmm. but in Uncanny X Men that started in 1963. Uh, number 183, uh, and I know this because I recently read this issue, it's hilarious. So Colossus broke Kitty's heart, and Wolverine mm-hmm. is fucking pissed at him because Wolverine, as we all know, adopts all of the like teenage girls, and yeah, now he's he really all does. their he's their collective <laughs> dad. Uh, yeah. He and Jubilee have a really great relationship, and he's him like and Katie Pride as well. Yes, he is. He is like a <laughs> phoenix, right? I was like, like there, there's a phoenix in this in this <laughs> comic too. <laughs> He keeps so, collecting all these teenage girls to yeah. be his like, his, like his, his assistant. His, his I am like, I am so tired, but suddenly I'm a dad of fourteen teenage girls. This is yeah. fine. So he and Nightcrawler take Colossus to a bar to kind of like talk him, uh, like talk to him and be like, "Well, you fucked up, my dude. You gotta like apologize to her." Um, and they show up at the bar, and Juggernaut is there, like trying to like. 
I don't know, like, like chat with chat up ladies and shit. And Colossus bumps into him and Juggernaut like turns around and he's like, oh my God, you can't leave me alone. I'm at this bar. And now the X-Men are just trying to hear, like come here and like break things up. But he's literally just trying to have a drink. Um, and Wolverine, and so so Colossus and Juggernaut start to fight and Nightcrawler's like, oh no, maybe we should uh, uh, stop this. And Wolverine's like, well, hang on there, buddy. And so they literally just <laughs> sit back and watch Colossus get the shit beat out of him with like by juggernaut juggernaut (laughs) literally picks up the bar like the bar top and lifts it up and (laughs) smashes it smashes it over his head and it's just wolverine and nightcrawler watching like the friend who broke their other friend's heart like get totally pummeled and it's delightful (laughs) adding superpowers and super abilities makes everything hilarious right and that's my favorite kind of x-men issue where it's a lot less based on oh no we have to save the world and more Mm -hmm. based on character moments and the x-men talking to each other and having breakfast wolverine with his wolverinos i think we talked about that yeah. in another episode it was but, good. Um, yeah, i think about it daily it's very good so uh i guess for the og mutants so that was before all this happens we just have cyclops marvel girl iceman angel and beast um i guess i'll just kind of like run through them real quick because i think there's a lot to talk about in these first guys <laughs> Beast is a huge nerd. He also, mm-hmm. like, fucks everything up always. I think he sometimes gets a bad rap as, like, being the villain nowadays, but he just, like, craves... He ends up just, like, craving power, or not cra- power, but knowledge, um, to the point that he makes really bad decisions, like bringing back their younger selves to the future to try and uh, stop Cyclops from becoming, like, I don't know, a, a mutant extremist, and and killing because he killed Xavier and all this shit and Beast just thinks he can fix things because he's the smartest guy in the room but he, he has, has good to, intentions but stupid ideas and he also like he got his secondary mutation which is a thing that mutants go through but it's different than being an omega level mutant which basically means like you're you're very super strong but his secondary mutation turned him even more blue at some point he looks like a cat like he looks yeah. like a big old like like reading lion yeah like, he um, does Mm-hmm. like the uh so there was this old tv show in the 90s called beauty and the beast um oh no yes oh oh, no. oh yes oh yes i mean i never saw it i was too young it's it's i've seen it, pictures it's very so, terrifying <laughs> so the reason i bring this up is because after seeing um Pacific Rim uh, with Ron Perlman in it. My dad was like, yeah, he was in that movie where he was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, what? And I looked, I watched a few episodes of it, but he's literally like the beast, but if he was a lion man and also he's Ron Perlman and essentially, essentially beast in x-men looks like ron perlman in this movie except really blue at some point as old as me (laughs) it came out i was four days old when this show came out (laughs) (laughs) it's actually like he like lives in the i know he like lives in the sewer and then she has like a normal life and she comes visit she's like a she's like a lawyer and and she just like visits her her lion boyfriend in the sewers uh but she's like pretty kick-ass because she was like mugged and her face was cut up so she got plastic surgery to fix her face and then she like like kickboxes and shit and he's just a big old lion in the sewers yeah so she's just she's just romancing a sewer lion guy (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I equate, I equate that with Beast. Um, one, one way I do really love Beast, he, Hank McCoy annoys me a lot, mostly in the prequels. I think he's obnoxious. Um, I think Nicholas Holt does a good job portraying him, but I, every time he speaks, I'm just like, God, Hank, like, shut up, Hank. <laughs> like, I remember in the first one, I was like, oh no, he's cute. And then he started talking. I was like, oh no. Oh God, he, he, he is your type. That's hilarious. I know. <laughs> well, okay. I just meant like how he looked and he was running around with a little lab coat and it was like, old school science looking dude yeah but then he like said stupid stuff and i was like Man, yeah and then he okay. like just like is infatuated with mystique and she's like i'm a loose cannon well everybody <laughs> is in those movies yeah. she's a uh, jean gray <laughs> fair fair honestly which is a shame because they really could have developed jean gray a little more in like apocalypse instead of focusing so much on the older people because now we have dark phoenix but with an underdeveloped jean gray i still think that she was developed pretty well in it but that's because i have like my 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 super like my my eyes like zoom in on her like and just focus so much on all of her stuff that I love the lines that Sophie Turner delivers yeah, as Jean Grey. I mean, so I already really care for her, but I am not well, an everyday movie goer. Yeah, because I feel like in the movies her character is defined by how other people act around her mm-hmm. or what people say about her, and it's mm-hmm. not really her doing anything mm-hmm. and so i'm hoping that maybe when it's dark phoenix this, which yes. she is named after the movie she mm-hmm. will actually be a main character and listen unfortunately <laughs> what you said also kind of applies to comics jean gray so down uh, to my next yeah, down I to my next that. og there are very good representations of Jean Grey. Uh, I really enjoy how Tom Taylor writes her in X-Men Red. I love Dennis Hopeless's uh, Jean Grey miniseries. I, I adored that so much. Um, that was with young Jean Grey, kind of time-displaced Jean Grey, but also the older Jean. Um, Jean in the comics has recently come back to life. So she died via the Phoenix Force, which is, like in Dark Phoenix, this kind of giant space cosmic bird that... Mm-hmm finds her as a host kind of or maybe it was already always in her which the movies kind of portray that as a latent um maybe secondary mutation or power underlying that yes it is the space small trace (laughs) and (laughs) and it kind of makes her go crazy a little bit or just kind of consumed consumed with power in the comics i think it's a little more like that but in the movies they kind of do a split personality kind of thing um but so she died from that a, a while back in the comics and then they brought back young Jean Grey who was pre Phoenix Force and then mm-hmm. now older Jean Grey has come back to life in her Phoenix Resurrection series so she's here yeah. and dealing with like her younger self and that's very interesting but I, I love Jean the thing is that everyone has a crush on Jean Grey and listen I get it because she's perfect but also <laughs> leave the girl alone like let Jean be single and live her fucking life but everyone projects things onto her because I because yeah. especially I think in the original run of her or the original tr- like group of five where she's the only girl they had there's kind of a running joke in the Bendis uh Uncanny X-Men and all new X-Men series where all the guys have crushes on her so she has this will they won't will they won't they with young Cyclops because they find out that their older selves were married and it's kind of some of it is written, I don't like the all-new X-Men as much as I enjoyed Uncanny X-Men. And then X-Men Blue is like, uh, I, I don't I don't really like how Jean is portrayed in it, but the overall story is interesting. She has this brief romance with um, Jimmy Hudson, who is the younger 
like he's the son of Wolverine, but from an alternate timeline, I think. Because Wolverine has lots of different clone children, right? But this one is like one of his sons and his name is Jimmy Hudson and he's like Wolverine, but he's blonde and younger. He's pretty cute. But Gene and him have this like kind of brief flirtation relationship because they are both younger versions of their future selves sort of so she's the younger version of gene and he is what wolverine he like he could become like logan wolverine so it's interesting to have that like the shadows of their future selves kind of cast on them um but it's still like kind of weird all of the (laughs) x-men date each other and it's honestly kind of incestuous but like so so the running joke in the uncanny x-men is that everyone has a crush on gene gray young gene gray um, and when Iceman comes out as gay and he kind of does it a little bit pressured by Jean um, because she. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It's a little weird, but it's also it's she is a telepath. So she she can hear his thoughts and see like I think she she was really trying to help him in that way. But she's also mm-hmm. still a young girl this is the young gene who prompted him yeah, so i think good it's, intentions but yes so exactly and and I, and I do think it is portrayed a little bit like she's pushing him too hard um but then he does come out for the better and he kind of just admits it to her and then later comes out on his own to everyone else um mm-hmm. but he says something after he comes out and he's like he because she's like pushing she's like says something snarky and he's like I don't understand why everyone has a crush on you, Jean. Like, no. you, you're ridiculous. And she says, well, yeah, you don't because you're gay. <laughs> and, like, so good. Oh, my God. I'm just like, yep, yep. Wow. But what I love about that, like, Iceman story is that the young Iceman from, who's the time-displaced Iceman, who was alive in the 60s, question mark, because they are from the 60s, but they are, the timeline is a little skewed where they come back to our present day, but they're not 50 years old, right? But so Young Iceman comes out because he didn't feel like he wasn't able to back in that time. And so Mm -hmm. when he comes out, then older Iceman also comes out and realizes like seeing his younger self accept and realize these things about him he's finally able to address it himself and so the um Iceman solo series by Cena Grace which came out last year and then they actually have restarted it which is awesome and there's like a new series um that it's an issue three right now and it's ongoing it's about like 30 year old Bobby Drake dealing with like okay so I just came out and I need to get back in the world of dating but I'm also a superhero and I'm also dealing with all of these like repressed feelings from the past 30 years of my life and my younger self is also here and like living his best life and has a boyfriend and all this stuff and I'm like well shit I'm 30 what am I doing with my life (laughs) you know it's it's actually funny I just realized this and I'm sure you've made this connection too Mm -hmm. because and we'll talk a little bit about it more later but you know with mutants and everything it's supposed to represent you know I think you said otherness which I definitely agree with and I remember in the first movie I think it was the first movie. Was I? I oh, think it was in the, the first movie. One. The second no, it's, one. It's yeah. The second one. It's two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where he shows up and he tells his parents, and his parents are like, "Have you tried not being a mutant?" And yep. it's supposed to be like telling your gay son, mm-hmm. "Have you tried not being gay?" It's like, it, and it's can. it's very heavy handed. But in that movie, there are no queer mutants except. Yeah. It's kind they of have it's that a little, little like they have that little like allegory yeah. analogy. And meanwhile, and I was like, "Oh, of course they do it with." 
with mm-hmm. Iceman. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, funny. Bobby is like dating like Rogue, and they're trying to like figure out their relationship in, in at that in that scene. But it's funny because it's like that is that is Iceman, and then later on in the comics, he does come out as gay, and mm-hmm. it's just like it, it's kind of it, it's a fu- it's a funny uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. But one critique of probably many that I have of X Men is that I do just wish that there were more queer X Men characters, like canonically. Mm-hmm. There are, there is good representation, I think, uh, but it could be better. I just headcanon: no one is straight, uh, <laughs> except maybe Cyclops. But sometimes I yeah, headcanon Cyclops is too. so straight. But like Cyclops is just—he's just my—he's just my, he's just my, he's my just just straight boy. With, like, <laughs> hetero vibes. He just—he can't. <laughs> just oh bless his heart bless his heart but uh so but yeah with- no i remember because there's only like isn't there only like three like queer x-men canon and like that's they're- their thing they're like oh i'm the gay x-men and it's like well, but there's like thousands and thousands. Yeah. i so, so nightcrawler is definitely bi and no one will fucking admit it but everyone knows it he is definitely bi and like i think probably wolverine is too a lot of people ship like wolverine and nightcrawler um i i really like storm and nightcrawler and i won't i won't go off on that yet but i i I love them because i think their juxtaposition is very good and i just love seeing the x-men as friends is very good um but they always like they date each other or have little mini things of like like in amazing x-men back in um it was by jason aaron back in uh 2013 and Nightcrawler dies for a bit and then comes back to life. And in the as you do in the yes, as you do in the limbo world, like they're on pirate ships and his evil demon dad is there. It's a very great run, but like that first trade paperback is very good. But Storm comes and saves him, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's you!" And he like holds her, and he and she's like swashbuckling, and she's like, "All right, let's like kill the rest of these zombie pirates." And he's like, "God, I realize." I, I, I realize again why I fell madly in love with you. He says that line and then they are not together for the rest of the, like, like he says that line and you're like, okay, they have had a relationship maybe, but mm-hmm. then, and they like dance together in one of the older Uncanny X-Men books. Like they dance in the skies because she's the wind rider and likes to dance and they're very cute, but then they don't really have an ongoing relationship. And then meanwhile, Nightcrawler has dated like, Rachel Gray, most recently in um, X-Men Gold, which I have issues with because Rachel Gray is the alternate timeline daughter of Jean Gray, who's stuck in our timeline. And so I would just, no matter what, listen, this is not, this is not fire emblem. Like no matter what, if one (laughs) of my friends had a child who came to our timeline from the future, I still would not date them because they are the child of my friend. I still would not date them. So like, what? Listen, so uh, all the X-Men just date each other and they're not actually related, so it's okay. But except for Kurt, who also dates his sister, who's not actually, he's, it's, it's like his adopted it's, sister. Yeah, which is still weird. But for fuck's sake, it's awful. It's a mess. And she's his most canon, like, love interest, which just pisses me off because no one fucking cares about like Jermaine or Amanda or whatever and it's just stupid I just do not like her I like her more as a villain because she's been seen in like some in one of the scenes she was kind of like queen of an underworld or something like that I don't know I'm like okay I can see her as a villain character but it's weird going off on my like Kurt tangent but he's got a lot of shit in his in his backstory I've told you this before Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna say it now I think that 
your boy Kurt. Yes. Yes. My boy Peter Parker. Oh yes. Friends, and maybe smooch if they want, but mostly they should be friends. I would love to see them like go on on dates. They should go on a little friend date. Yes, I think that would be very cute. I think that would be. I think they would be. Like just hang out on rooftops and stuff. I agree. I just. I think about it a lot. He's Nightcrawler, a boyfriend, and I think in. I think that I like him and Wolverine together in some situations. The thing, the awesome thing with X Men for fandoms is that like multi-shipping i can multi-ship everyone like i really like jean gray and wolverine as well but i also really like her with cyclops genuinely like don't don't hurt me for it but i do i, I love cyclops even though he's well, like they were, a dip, they were like a idiot. classic couple yeah. when i yeah. first got into it and then like cyclops mm-hmm. and, and emma frost were a thing and i was yeah. like that's kind of weird and i also right. like kind of like emma frost and jean and i uh, just like i don't know it's just there's just like a variety I, of, of things very good yeah um but one thing with Jean is that like I just wish they gave her a little more agency in her crushes because at least younger Jean has had a lot of flirtations with different guys she also like kisses Beast at some point like young Jean in the new comics and like because Beast is also in love with her and older Beast is regretful that he never made his move on Jean or whatever there's also some weird shit about like in the past in like I think it was the uh Joss Whedon comic maybe the uncanny x-men or whatever beast is trying to avoid like seeing a girl who has a big like thing for him and so he tells her that he's gay and i'm like what anyway it's just stupid beast is he's he can be written very well i really enjoyed him in the 2014 storm miniseries because he and storm have a big connection especially when storm was headmistress and beast was kind of like her second her right hand guy and they don't have a romance which is cool but they're just friends unfortunately i think storm doesn't get a lot of the romance that other characters do because frankly i think it's because like she is a black woman and i think that a lot of people kind of paint her as untouchable which i think is unfair meanwhile like a lot of other characters just kind of get shipped around with everyone and i'm like okay but i really love storm and like she's better than forge i like her with t'challa a little bit but they are like annulled as well everyone dates each other but and even iceman has dated like he dated kitty pride and he dated rogue and all this stuff but the cool thing is that like about X-Men and other comics from like the original comics days is that there's still new stories and new ways to interpret the characters, even though they've been around for decades. So even with Bobby, like he's gay now, but it also makes sense that he's gay and makes sense that he, you can read him as gay in those earlier comics as well. Cause it pulls into focus so much of his character and fits in with his like superpower of closing people off and icing people out. He has this kind of, horrific idea that he's just going to turn into this giant ice monster and Mm -hmm. not be able to transform back because he's seen his future self and it's just like a big ice golem um so he's and he's like the very jokey like fun guy of the group but he also has a lot of a lot of deep shit that's like worrisome about his powers and stuff so even it's interesting so when Iceman came out what I really enjoyed was seeing a quote by Stan Lee who along with Jack Kirby created the character Iceman in 1963 but when Bobby Drake came out um in Bendis's Uncanny X-Men Stan Lee said like wow I never knew that as in like of course like I this character can be rebooted and there are things about him that I don't know even though I created him and he wasn't like no that's not true he was like well I didn't know that like I don't care as what happens as long as they tell good stories
everybody, Peony here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 10. Oh my god, I can't believe we've already made 10 episodes of Generation Fangirl. So, as you can probably tell, this is one of our big main fandoms that we both really, really love, and there's just so much to talk about that we had a whole lot of fun recording, and hopefully you have a lot of fun listening. I mean, that's why we're here. But we are starting to run out of topics, so we need your help. We have a few ideas, but we are always looking for more suggestions. They could be continuations of previous episodes or just anything. As long as it's geeky, we will definitely consider talking about it. The best way to get in contact with us, as always, is on Twitter. We are at Pod on Twitter, and we have a whole bunch of links to... Uh, different places where our podcast is heard and it also has our email address if you'd rather use email we are on gmail at generation fangirl pod so if you guys have any comments or suggestions or anything you want to talk to us about we would love to hear it also just a quick note this is more than likely going to be the last episode of 2018 Uh, we just have a whole bunch of stuff going on we got the holidays so we're just gonna wait until january of 2019 for our next episode but we will be back and we are so excited to see what we do next year that about wraps it up so let's get back into it So that was all I had to say. And then I just wanted to just kind of round out my discussion of the OG X-Men as I as I go off on my tangents. Um, There's a lot to talk Cyclops, about. Okay. Cyclops as the only X-Men who's allowed to wear cargo pants and flip-flops. I am starting a... Mm-hmm. I'm starting a war on cargo pants and cargo shorts because... They have so many pockets. It's so For annoying. holding things. In all these comics... They have, I love seeing X-Men out of their uniforms and in casual clothes, but for some reason, the fashion in a lot of superhero comics, it's like people are stuck in the 90s or the early 2000s. So all the women are showing their midriffs with their low hanging hip, like lo, like hip, hip, low rise, hippie jean stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> high-waisted shorts are in now and men should stop wearing cargo shorts that go down to their knees with flip-flops. I'm just like, it hurts my soul. That's because and, men are drawing out. I know it's very upsetting. Whenever I see like in X Men Red, uh, Nightcrawler had like a cool hoodie on and like some like slacks as they were like infiltrating someplace, and I'm like, look at my boy being fashionable. He's even wearing <laughs> shoes, and I'm like, I was like, uh, one manly tear rolls down my face. I'm so proud. <laughs> Uh, then there's Angel, who's a little confusing because there's also Archangel, who's his evil self, but also him, and New Angel who came back from the past into the present. He now has hot wings where his wings are like made of fire and all the X-Men level up with hot stuff because new Wolverine, Wolverine also died a while ago. And then now he's back to life, by the way. And did you hear about Wolverine? He's got hot claws now. His claws, they're hot now. They could just like heat up. So that's a thing. You were joking. No, he's got hot claws. Like his claws come out, and he can make them like red hot, which I don't he understand. Can slice some bread, right? I don't understand though. Yeah, make toast. Boom. <laughs> I don't understand though how he can hurt people if he slices them and it immediately like cauterizes the wound because it's. I mean, hot, I, hot. I guess. Is it like a lightsaber? <laughs> It's it's unclear because we are currently in the Return of Wolverine comic where he's come back to life and 
kind of for, doesn't really remember what happened to him and everyone's trying to figure that out. So that's the original X-Men. I am, I am happy with the structure of this episode so far, because if I just start off on something very simple, like let's talk about the original five, I will go off on tangents and kind of meander through general X-Men but they're um, all interesting. fuckery, yes. And I know we talked about how Scott Summers is the straightest X-Men in the world, but I also, like, ship him with Wolverine a fair amount as well. I have some fanfic that I'm working on. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I just, I can't imagine that, like... Oh, shit. Like, I imagine them just, it like... send it to you. <laughs> like, I just imagine them, like, sitting on a couch watching Netflix, and, like, that's the most intimate they'll ever be. <laughs> Oh, that's very good, though. I, I love that. But I, I'm like, in like the context... facing away from each other, <laughs> there's like an invisible barrier. Okay, I don't want to like get too raunchy with this, but listen, like them, like 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 the the en- enemies to rivals to friends to lovers tropes, like it works for them. And also, especially with like OT three of of Gene Scott and Wolverine, particularly with the movies that emphasize this, I think. Um, it's just, it's a shame that James Marsden didn't get more opportunity to, um, like more, more acting opportunities in the first three X-Men movies. He dies really quickly in the third one. Um, but even in the second one, he's like, he gets kidnapped at some point, uh, and is brainwashed for a little bit. And you just, mostly his personality is like, because he doesn't have a personality. Exactly. It's like his, it's like, it's like stick up his butt and also he really loves gene and that's basically it and yeah but he's just I, a boy scout that loves gene the end the hard thing is that he's wearing glasses the whole time so a lot of the emotions that would play across his face as an actor are kind of hidden um i actually read a, a pretty really nice fanfic about logan and scott and it was sort of a ship fanfic but it was mostly kind of an observation piece on how about how um after gene dies in x2 or or maybe it's before i'm not sure but wolverine kind of starts to see like notice little things about scott and how he expresses his um like emotions through like little shifts in his eyebrows or like ticks on his face that he like that mostly it's like hidden by his sunglasses. Um, that's one thing that I'm interested in for the new Dark Phoenix movie because Ty Sheridan, who plays the new Cyclops, is going to have a lot more opportunity to give Cyclops like roles in the movie. One thing I lit honestly like the first thing I tweeted when I saw that Dark Phoenix trailer is when Scott like breaks into like he like runs into the one of the rooms in the Xavier mansion and he's like Gene and he's wearing this really tight like pale blue sweater and I'm like what is happening here <laughs> Scott Summers in his really tight cashmere sweater like an interesting like, fashion choice my dude <laughs> surprise nips right i was just like it's i don't think it's quite that tight because it's cashmere so it's very soft but i was just like i can see every line of your body it's weird but (laughs) the funny thing about that actor is that he also plays the main character in ready player one um who also wears this like electronic eyes so really the most prominent thing about him as an actor are his really big lips he has like very like plush lips Mm because most in most of the movies that i've seen him in his eyes are covered so you just see his nose and his really big lips (laughs) 
so I I mentioned to see him as a Scott in in Dark Phoenix I've already ranted about it enough and there isn't (laughs) any new news about it my google like suggested articles always bring up things about like Dark Phoenix rumors and stuff but it's all stuff I've read before I'm just dying in this desert (laughs) it's fine um (laughs) you have to go to some like abandoned (laughs) movie theater to go find it Right. It's like only Captain, showing in 10 theaters. Captain Marvel and Endgame both come out before Dark Phoenix, which is kind of... So Dark Phoenix was originally supposed to come out in February, and now it's coming out in June. So who's going to give a fuck about it after the other like Avengers movies come out? I think it's... it's uh, I get that they need more time, but I think it's... They're just trying to... Trying to just sweep it under the rug, which is a kind of a bummer. But I think Sophie Turner is going to do a good job in it. I just I think she's very talented, so I'm excited to see her. Anyway, speaking of favorite mutants, yay, <laughs> yay! I want Peony. I want you to tell us all about Kitty Pride and her luscious '80s hairdo. <sighs> okay, look, this is not the same sort of <laughs> representation. But we talk about representation and seeing yourself in comics or movies or whatever. Usually, that means like skin tone or religion yeah, or something are and those are all very heroes. important and i don't want to completely compare myself to this but look i got real big poofy curly hermione hair and if i see a character that has the same hair which never <laughs> happens they become my favorite and that is what happened <laughs> that is what happened with kitty and yeah. she is my favorite because i look like her and also she has a space dragon mm-hmm. and they talk with their minds and it's great <laughs> and like she i i love her i love yeah, her so much and i'm really amazed that i have not cosplayed her yet but i just her outfits are ugly but she got a space dragon and she also her power is ridiculous okay listen listen mm-hmm. basically she is like she's the girl that walks through walls or whatever like she can phase she can separate her molecules around things and That sounds crazy, but there's some ridiculous stuff that she's been able to do in the comics. Like, she can, um, she's actually really talented with, like, IT computer stuff. Mm -hmm. That was a thing in, like, the 80s. And she can just, like, kind of ram her arm into a... Uh, an electronic and make it freak out so yeah, that's if cool she can, <laughs> shut, she can shut down a whole like giant sentinel like mechanic yeah she just like, like walks through like, it she could just she can just like put her hand through its head and it shuts down and yeah. it's extremely useful yeah and she she had like a like a samurai sword fighting montage one time with with wolverine yes. so she just has a sword fight it's real weird <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird yeah wolverine has a thing with like samurai swords and and shit so yeah but she so so there's this game that my friends and i played one time it was online and there's been so many online marvel games i think it was marvel heroes mm-hmm. and so it pretty much was like a bunch of different Marvel characters that you could play as online with your friends and then you'd go around and run and do these missions and all that stuff. And so Kitty is one of the characters that you can play and there's this there's this move that you can do that is ridiculous. I don't remember what it's called, but there's a move where she will phase her hand into an enemy's chest and oh, grab his heart <laughs> and like, like that's crazy. Pretty- 
That's pretty fucking metal for a very like, small, petite, curly, brown haired yeah, girl. Yeah, I like, was like, what? So, like, her powers are crazy, and I love her. But, like, the thing that is her... So, she was introduced much later. Um, she always had kind of the little sister storyline. She had the little sister storyline for a long time. Like, when even, she showed up, she in was her 13. relationship like with colossus even then she's like yeah. she is the little sister of the group but she's like dating colossus and it's first love and i get it but it's uh anyway but different times <laughs> yeah and but when she was such when she was first introduced it's like the original characters were a lot older and i think they just wanted some new like younger characters to get younger readers to get into x-men i guess so they came yeah. over yeah. and so like like I know, like Storm was really motherly with her, and it just like she yeah, she, she was just her... stuck as this little sister character. And they always so like writers would always like want to pair her up with older dudes. I don't. She's always dated a bunch of older dudes, and I'm like, this is weird. Can y'all stop? Because it's like, oh, I don't know. So that's been weird. But I'm like excited that she's <laughs> master. That's really rad <laughs> it's, it's funny because she definitely has a um she has an affinity for men co- named peter uh, yeah she, she dated star lord for a little bit one of my favorite um star lord comics is grounded star lord mm-hmm. i believe it came out in 2016 uh, fairly recently it was drawn by chris anka um and it was so great because kitty pride shows up at one point because star lord's down on his luck and he's like hey kitty my ex like can you help me out and she's like god peter <laughs> like what <laughs> what have you done this time um it's a really great mini series and like character study on on peter it also has old man logan who at one point wears this he has a one night stand with this elderly um fabulous like like not villain but i think she's like kind of like a hero woman um and he wears her big frilly feathery robe and shows up at her house and Starlord's like oh my god why are you like please i can i'm seeing too much of your old man body and it's really great (laughs) um but kitty kitty is so great uh storm calls her kitten which i think is very cute and uh nightcrawler calls her katzen um like the the german word for kitty um I'm very bad at pronouncing things, but um, she's so wonderful, and her hair is so big and fabulous. Unfortunately, now she like has like a kind of short like pixie cut, which I think looks really cool on her. Yeah, also. she's been she's um, been having like straight ponytail hair for a long time, which I'm like that's yeah, fine too. Yeah, I, I, I miss her big hair, but I I like yeah. the the short look on her. Uh, she also has a very very cool relationship with Ileana Rasputin, who is the sister mm-hmm. of Colossus. Yeah. Um, what I mentioned earlier is one of her most recent arcs. So she is headmistress and Colossus, she and Colossus are kind of dating or something. And he, he like almost dies or comes back from the dead and proposes to her. So they are Mm -hmm. engaged. And there was this whole lead up in X-Men gold about um, like leading up to their wedding. And they they had bachelor, her bachelorette party um, issue was really sweet. And she had this scene where she was at a bar that she, that Wolverine used to frequent and she kind of like sees his ghost and she remembers her dad and Nightcrawler is the bartender there for some reason. And she and Nightcrawler are like really good friends as well. Some people ship them too. They had a good relationship in, um x-men evolution kind of like a flirty thing but yeah, like, I, don't think they've ever, I don't think they've ever dated but they've always had a very good friendship and i've always liked that yeah see like i i wouldn't mind her dating him because i think they have a lot of history they were both in excalibur together along with rachel gray 
But so I don't understand why the choice was to put Rachel with Kurt, where I think Rachel is also a very butch lesbian. Her original look from the future is like, she's one of the like hounds of hell. Um, I'm gonna look up an image for you. Uh, and she like has this short spiky haircut with also a very long ponytail. Um, and she yeah, wears this black leather outfit. Thing. Yeah, she wears this black leather outfit. Um, with like spikes down the front and it's just incredibly butch here I'm, I'm gonna send you this image real quick let me just let me just show you this and tell me that this is not a lesbian but okay um not to not to like it just it's I just mean, like, she looks cool like, though she looks so cool but i'm like this woman is not straight please yeah. stop <laughs> it's very frustrating also kind of mini segue i would love to see Kitty, uh, Kitty Pride have a girlfriend as well. Her and yeah. Ileana's relationship is really, really sweet because they are like sisters and they mm -hmm. almost were. Yeah, I um, don't know who would be her girlfriend. So Yeah, people want her to be with uh, Ileana, aka Magic, who I don't think has had relationships with anyone, but she yeah. also she's also like seems to be a lesbian but she is <laughs> magic is also different because she is like a teenager but she's been a teenager for decades in the sense that it's it's canon that she's been a teenager for that long mm -hmm. they also put her in weird outfits in uncanny x-men by bendis she like has this weird outfit and like booty shorts and i'm like why though because she's technically young but i know she's like immortal it's just obnoxious but um, Ileana and her have a really nice relationship. When Kitty and Colossus are engaged and then they have their wedding, um, first of all, Nightcrawler throws Colossus a bachelor party where they like go to like Vegas or whatever, which Colossus would not like because he is a simple <laughs> farm boy. And I yeah. very did not like that episode because I'm like, Kurt is, Kurt is best friends with Colossus. And they have a very nice scene of Colossus almost dying in... Uh, Extraordinary X-Men, when Kurt kind of looked like a hobo uh, crusader. He had like chainmail and like a scruffy beard, but not the good kind of scruffy that we have now, like a weird kind of scruffy. And he lost his tail at some point, like someone cut off his tail. And he and Colossus are like best bros slash maybe boyfriends. And I'm like, okay. But so Kurt would not take his simple farm boy best friend to Vegas for his bachelor party, where meanwhile, like Colossus is having an existential crisis about should I marry Kitty I don't know like I've hurt her in the past and all this stuff so flash forward to their wedding day which was a big wedding episode wedding issue and at the altar spoilers but Kitty decides that she can't do this and as as Colossus puts on her ring she phases through it on accident which is a very cool scene and she just realizes like I can't go through with this so they call off the wedding in the end, um, when Storm is talking with Nightcrawler and Remy uh, Gambit uh, at the after party, or what would have been the after party, um, Nightcrawler's like, this is such a shame like that this happened. And Storm says, well, I'm actually glad because they should be with someone that they like want to, to, to be with. And if she had any doubts, like that's not a way to enter a relationship. And Remy is prompted by what she says to ask uh, Rogue to marry him. So they end up having that wedding and it's very cute. Kitty is like so interesting. And now she's dealing with like the aftermath of her canceled wedding. And it's it's some really good issues. I, I'll lend the issues to you because I like her characterization a lot in that. And Kitty's got a lot more like 
main storylines lately mm-hmm. because she is the headmistress, which I think is awesome because we get to see her like first, like first and like upfront. And she was a student at the school before, like from a very young age. So having her like teach all these kids is very nice and take on a leader responsibility. And I know we were talking about like representation with Kitty and like, yes, she is a white woman, but she's also Jewish. And yeah, a that's lot a very, of her- a very big part of her character too. Yeah, like, I, I wanted to mention this when we great. first brought her up. It's it's like a huge part of her uh, storyline as well, because she brings it up, um, her her experience being Jewish versus her experience being a mutant. And yeah, kind of... she, she regularly has a Star of David necklace. And I think mm-hmm. even Magneto was trying to like bond with her over that yeah. and like try to get her on his side. And mm-hmm. she was just like, hey, look, you know, I, I, I get that we both, we both are Jewish, but you know. Like we share the same faith, but Magneto is also, he is, he is fucked up in a lot of ways, but I also yeah. think Mag- Magneto had some valid points. But mm-hmm. it's like Magneto is a very complex character in and of yeah. himself. He he like he could have his own episode. This is I don't want to like delve into that quite yet. But Kitty's awesome, and I love seeing her grow as a character. And I'm interested to see like what else we're gonna yeah. get for her. Also, she and Peter Parker had a cute little relationship, which means that oh, did they too? Another oh. Peter. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's super cute though. It was um, it was during Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay, and they were, I mean, they're like older teens. I think like maybe eighteen, nineteen, twenty. I don't really remember, but it was just really cute because I think this was the first time that he had dated another superhero. Because she was Uh like, "Hey, don't worry, like I can't get hurt. Like it'll be fun. I can go fight crime with you." And it was really cute. And then like, it was just it was the best. I was like, ah. My children that was great but yeah she just she keeps dating peters i don't i don't know yeah I, I think it's it's a funny kind of like running joke i guess it's interesting um because i wonder how intentional the first few times like that was but uh. i know were they just like we just we started it we can't stop it mm-hmm. right <laughs> one thing about like her relationship with iliana is that iliana feels almost responsible for her breaking up with colossus because she brings it up like make sure that this is actually like what you want but they have such a strong relationship that even though she's like she broke her bro- her she broke Ileana's brother's heart now they still have a really strong uh friendship which is so important I love seeing the female characters and the male characters of 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 the X-Men universe have strong relationships with each other that aren't inherently like rivalries or romance um like I think Wolverine has some has a really strong relationship with Nightcrawler and with some other boys. I don't know. Mostly he has just a lot of daughters. Um, yeah. But Jean Grey and uh, Aurora Monroe, uh, aka Storm, also have really great friendship. In the most recent issue of X Men Red, actually the second most one, it was issue nine. I think it has it has Nightcrawler on the cover. They're talking and Jean's like dealing with shit because Rachel got possessed by Cass- Cassandra Nova, who is a villain and is the uh, twin sister of Charles Xavier, who Charles tried to kill in the womb, question mark? Or like mm. did kill in the womb and she came back to life? Anyway, but yeah. she's also she's also bald uh, and like a I crazy evil this lady. Now. She's a pretty cool villain that is, is in uh, X-Men Red and she's cool. But so Storm is talking to Jean Grey and Storm says like, I know you like to put the weight of the world on your shoulders and maybe that's why you gave your new costume all those shoulder pads but because her shoulder pads are like huge and her new outfit it looks amazing uh and they hug and Jean says like I missed you Ro and it's really it's it's a good 
like women supporting women is so important. And I love that in more modern comics, we're getting that a little more as well. Jean Grey also has some really great hair. The more Farrah Fawcett, the better. Uh, I yes. love her. My my favorite characters in X-Men, like yours is Kitty Pride because she's amazing. And through your love for her, honestly, I'm starting to like her a lot more because I never, never got her as a character. My first introduction to her was, um, what's her name? Uh, Ellen Evolution? Page. Oh. No, uh, Ellen Page is uh, Kitty yeah. Pride. Yeah, she's, she's, she's real boring in the movies. It's kind of sad. Yeah, and I she's like Ellen there. Page. It's also funny because Ellen Page is a lesbian. So I'm like, yeah. listen, <laughs> make Kitty Pride gay. And uh, I, I like her a lot, actually, in um, Days of Future Past. She and uh, Bobby Drake like are dating sort of. But I kind of headcanon them as just like, they're just friends, but they also kiss. And I'm like, this is fine friends can kiss it's fine but they're both gay and then yeah, they say I felt like they were just like bored dating yeah or just like, like hang out all the time so I guess we're dating or in a way that's like oh the world is ending and we have shared so much together so like you mean so much to me kind of quote-unquote dating that episode that movie is so good it's very intense I, I re- it's one of my favorite of the x-men movies i thought it was really well done and also you, you like see hugh jackman's butt and you get to see him in 70s fashion and like that's pretty good wow. yeah wow but jean gray and aurora monroe are my favorites and then nightcrawler as well but as oh, i said i like, love nightcrawler he's, he's he's lovely he's good i really i like it when they emphasize his um his faith because he's very catholic which is interesting with his first of all, his dad is literally like a demon from hell, basically Azazel, and then he also looks like a demon. So having that juxtaposition of like his faith with that, but also he's a mutant, so I don't think he obviously like he wouldn't be bigoted. There's an issue of uh, Amazing X Men number thirteen by James Tinian the fourth, and in it, one of the younger mutants, Anol, who is green and spiky and has one like big green arm, he kind of looks like a lizard guy. Um, he is out he's out as gay and he has this like and about he's out and about and he has a blind date with this guy that he really likes but the guy doesn't know that he's a mutant hasn't seen him so he kind of freaks out and Jean-Luc um who is North Star who is he was the um he had the first gay wedding in X-Men he married Mm -hmm. his longtime boyfriend he has like kind of like pointy ears and he's from Canada. He's he's French Canadian and he's wonderful, but he had the big like wedding issue. I read it and it was, I like it for what it is, but I think that they could have made it more because it kind of felt a little bit publicity, I guess. Um, it's interesting because that wedding issue has Rogue talking to, I think Ileana and Rogue is the adopted daughter of Mystique and also um, Destiny, who is a woman. And they had, they had like a, um, a relationship like they were lovers and like mystique was a man at one point so maybe like she actually gave birth to like destiny gave birth to rogue or something anyway but rogue it's kind of confusing and a little bit bit of is like swept under the rug because they didn't outwardly like say that always anyway comics but um rogue says something like i wish i wonder if uh like it had been possible for my mothers to get married at some point or something like that. And it's a sweet little like nod to that. Um, but so Nightcrawler and uh, North Star help Anol in this amazing X-Men issue kind of like come to terms with um, being a mutant and like trying to be accepted. And Jean-Luc comes to him and he's like, 
listen, it's like, it's okay to be gay. And Arnold's like, I know, I know I'm gay and I'm okay with that. But the thing is like, I am green and spiky and you look like a fucking movie star. Like that's the issue here. And then that's where Nightcrawler comes in. He's like, listen, I look like a demon, but I also have found love and stuff. And they keep it vague enough that you're like, who is the girl? Like what, like what question mark? But Arnold says like, did you get the girl in the end? He's like, yes, I did. And I'm like, what does this even mean? They're always just being so coy about it, but it's a very sweet moment. I, I like when they explore more of his faith and less of his, um, I don't know, he can be kind of flippant or like, uh, he's he's very playful, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like it when they only play on that aspect of him and forget pieces of like his devoutness and stuff. Um, yeah there's a lot yeah. to him and that's what makes him interesting yeah and the, the movies the movies emphasize his uh his faith a lot more especially in the x2 but storm is my favorite one and she is better than all of us and we just have to accept that and she should always be the leader of the x-men she was True. headmistress for a little bit and then stepped down and kitty became the headmistress but storm is just like the best leader out of all the x-men and that she that is, should just be that mm-hmm. she is wonderful and i miss her mohawk Mm-hmm. me too she she doesn't have it back yet but she had it in 2014 in her mini series which was cool that was real good uh, yeah it's awesome she's incredibly complex because she is also a character who has the world on resting on her shoulders there's mm-hmm. a theme with all the female characters i love but she is a goddess and she's elegant and she's also a former queen of wakanda and she's very motherly but she is also the wind rider and mm-hmm. she can control storms and like like all the tempestuous nature of the weather because she also craves that freedom of like being the wind rider and like like she also had a punk face where she shaved her head and like had a mohawk and there's this one old scene in like the I don't know 70s or whatever of Kitty like kind of crying and she's like your beautiful hair and like Kitty runs off dramatically but then like everyone comes around to it because Storm just shows up one day like hey I got a mohawk and a sick ass like leather vest with spikes all over it she's very interesting because even though it seems like there's like a duality of her personality I think it fits with her Um, and her powers. I kind of got into this a little bit, but the one last thing I kind of wanted to touch on with X-Men and why I find this series so interesting is the physical manifestations of mutations and quote-unquote passing as human, Um, like with Anol, who's one of the younger kids, and I think there's another guy named, uh, it's not Blob, but Blob who's the villain, but it's um, this guy who has like, he's literally like this pink gelatinous like guy and he has a skeleton on the inside and there's this other guy named santos who is like a big rock monster a lot of the new mutants in the comics are get more uh like mutational aspects to their appearances which i adore um Mm -hmm. uh, generation x focuses a lot on that because we have like nature girl who has these big antlers coming out of her head and she can uh talk to animals and then there's uh eye boy who trevor he literally has eyes all over his body and he could also like he he can like like he has x-ray vision and like all his special eyes special his special eyes he's got lots of special eyes um so many right so it's it's cool to see like more unusual looking x-men uh there's also this one teacher who is also a mutant but some of the mutations it's almost like are you an alien or are you like a human with the mutation there's this one professor named dupe his name is dupe um, and I'm going to show you a picture of him because he is he is this green blob that floats and he's a professor at the X-Mansion. 
and he has a big X on his stomach. Oh, God. And he, this is like an actual thing. And like, he was at Wolverine's funeral and shit. Like, he's in, he's in the background of a lot of different comics because I guess the comics lovers just like, he looks like what's his fascination with him? Oh God, I was scrolling down and I see this one photo of Kitty Pride kissing dupe and I don't like this. I don't know. I don't like this. Why? He's like playing a guitar. I don't know. But in a lot of the things that I've seen, he's just in the background of of X-Men issues and like talking to students or teaching a class and he speaks in like symbols that don't make any sense. It's just like garbled, like blah, 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 blah. Um, like like fucking like wing dings on the Microsoft documents. And I'm like, what are you? I don't get you. The cool thing about the comics is that they have more opportunities to take advantage of the visuals of like how the students look. Whereas what's unfortunate about the Fox movie verses is like they have just a lot of normal presenting kids in the like in the world. Um I really enjoyed like Jubilee's character design in X-Men Apocalypse because she just looked so fun. Like she doesn't have an outward mutation, but they gave her her bright yellow jacket and mm-hmm. fun little pigtails and earrings and very 80s cool vibes. But a lot of the kids in the background, like of the school, none of them were like green or blue or whatever. And that's why it's exciting to have Nightcrawler and Mystique and to an extent Beast in the um, like newer movies because we get to see actual mutants who have that outward appearance and struggle with that except with uh nightcrawler he can't change it which is what i really like about his character um with mystique she has her whole like thing in apocalypse about how she doesn't want to appear as a mutant because people fear her even though that's like goes against her character i think but now she's over it i guess mutant and proud but in the movies like the background kids like some of them have white tufts of hair or there was a girl who had weird not scars but kind of like lines on her face and it's like okay like you're a mutant I guess but they guess they just don't have the budget to really push it and be like hey this is a school for like for mutant kids for super powered kids who all look different and they have nowhere else to go so they go here fortunately a lot of female mutants don't have outward presenting mutations which is no surprise because girls have to be attractive and we get like Anol and the gelatinous blobby guy and Santos who like how are big like rock monster and stuff and that's very cool but we don't get a lot of female characters who have yeah like if they can if Mm -hmm. if they have outward appearances it's something that they can turn on and turn off Mm -hmm. like you know there's Mystique obviously and then Mm -hmm. uh, Emma Frost can turn into a diamond Mm -hmm. but she uh, like she can go back to looking like a normal hottie um i really like uh husk in uh generation x she was in the old gen x and then in the newer one by christina strain as well and she looks normal but she can rip her skin and like it, it turns into like really hard material underneath um so like her skin is like a husk and then she like looks different and she has a fun relationship with i really enjoyed this relationship she has with one of the younger teens um named roxy also known as bling and she is in gen x and she looks like she's made out of kind of like a crystalline like quartz material and she's got like a spiky head um so she looks a little unusual she still has like the female form and is not like a blob or a rock monster she just kind of looks like she's all like like pink and sparkly and she has this talk with husk who becomes her kind of like therapist question mark slash teacher about how like well you don't understand being a mutant and not like you are a pretty white girl you don't 
look mm-hmm. like I do. I want to be an X-Men. I need to live here. And she has this whole arc of about wanting to be an X-Men. And, and what Jubilee is trying to teach her kids is that, well, you don't have to be an X-Men. I'm trying to teach you like life skills. You don't have to stay here and be a superhero. But the thing with Roxy is that she wants to be on the like the cool kids uh, classes. She wants to take the classes that actually prepare her to be an X-Men. Um, and in the end, she kind of learns more about like herself and, and it's it's really great. But the my favorite like X-Men storylines are the ones that approach that topic and talk about like, they are all mutants, but some of them look distinctly not like other ones. And it really emphasizes the like allegory and metaphor of mutants as outcasts and like symbol for otherness. The X-Men like last three, the X-Men three movie kind of tried to tackle that a little bit and was unsuccessful because that movie is a lot. But there's this one, one scene where Kelsey Grammer as Beast is with the kid who can like, I don't know, um, negate mutant powers or whatever. And he reaches his hand out and his blue furry hand transforms back into its human shape. And the look on his face was like, to me, I think represents a lot about what it means to be a mutant so othered by his appearance. So he's a very interesting character, Beast is, because he gets, when he gets stuck in his Beast form, whereas like his younger self now in the comics is still human-like and he can turn back into a Beast, but him, like Iceman and the whole um, idea about like what happens when my power takes over too much and I get stuck in this form. And I think that's why I like Nightcrawler so much because his appearance is always going to add a complexity to his storyline. Yeah, like he's never... He's never going to look normal, but that's mm-hmm. okay because he's a cutie the way he is. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so we have a lot of stuff coming up because it's the holidays. And also, our friend is getting married. And it's so, you know what? We don't know when the next episode's going to be. You know, we might have it like the new year. Maybe the new year we'll have our next episode, which is going to be my episode. <laughs> we trade off um yeah so next time we will be talking about into the spider-verse because it's coming out next week and mm-hmm. we're definitely gonna catch it as soon as it comes out and hopefully record uh the week after our friend's wedding so yes um yeah so it'll be a yeah. nice little bookend to the year or beginning of next year uh we got some big things coming up next year too we have a um convention in january in austin and i have one in february as well so it's going to be Cosplay you and nerd in February. Uh, in DC. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm going to try. I think I'm maybe going to try and go in 2020. That would be awesome. We like, definitely hit me up. Like, does does anything happen at Katsukon besides cosplay? Like, I don't, I feel like there's not even a real con. I feel like everyone just shows up and fights over that gazebo. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's definitely the the photo shoot kind of con. Um, They have a really nice artist alley uh, because they have a lot of very good artists kind of come come from across the country because it's definitely a a place that people um, fly to. So similar to um, AX, but there are less programming things. Mostly it's it's costumes and and stuff. But for for this year, I'm going to be wearing my Jean Grey. I'm hoping to finish Jean by Ikikon and then her bomber jacket by Katsu. Uh, the the young time displaced Jean Grey. Yeah. So speaking of X Men, but thank you guys for joining us for our episode X uh, and indulging me in this this um, winding winding road through the the annals of uh, X Men history. Yeah. Um, let us know what individual episodes you want. 
because I want to do like I definitely want to yeah. do a um having a Wolverine, Wolverine episode would be yeah. great and I always down to talk about various X-Men things um yes. so like like let us know on Twitter our our at is at Jen Fangirl pod um let us know like what your favorite X-Men is or what you'd like us to talk about next time. Even if it's not X-Men related, I will persevere. Yeah. Um, or what kind of powers would you have? Yeah. I would probably, I'm just such a sucker because Nightcrawler is like one of my faves, but I think his power would be the coolest to just be able to teleport. What about you? I mean, Kitty, Kitty. does have like the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like we're 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 not biased. What <laughs> I know, but it's like, dude, like she can she has trained herself to phase whenever she hears a gunshot. Like she's she's so good, and like she can just do whatever. But I don't we're know. I know, but I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of all the other stuff, and because like I would love to have the power to talk to animals, but I don't know how useful that would be. I just look like a weirdo, like I mean, having conversations. Nature, nature girl, one, she is, she is, she is weird because animals are her best friends. But she's also very cool, nature girl. I would definitely recommend that. Um, I also have some comic recommendations that I just want to plug real quick. Um, like yeah, I mentioned, quick. yes, Generation X uh, in 2017, written by Christina Strain. It's, I think it's got two trade paperbacks. Uh, it's totally finished. Unfortunately, it was canceled kind of prematurely, but it's awesome it has jubilee and chamber and husk who are of the original gen x kind of as teachers of this younger crew um including quentin choir uh who is hilarious uh benjamin deeds who was in uncanny x-men um and as well as uh this new character whose name is uh nate and he his his superpower is like called hindsight he can see people's memories and things like that which i i love memory shit so like Having him as a new character was very cool. And Christina Strain does writing for the TV show The Magicians. And she also was the original uh, colorist for the Runaway series. So like the the art of Carolina, of her like sparkly uh, rainbow colored self. Like Christina Strain like her. did that, made that. And it's it's very, very rainbow cool. Rainbow alien, I love yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, and then my few other, I want to plug my other favorites. Let's see. So that was in 2017. Uh 2014, the Storm miniseries by Greg Pak also has only two volumes, and it's just about Storm, kind of, it's like a Monster of the Week sort of um, issues, so each one features her dealing with a different thing, but kind of overall comes into her dealing with Wolverine's death as well, because this came around the same time as the death of Wolverine, and what it means to be a headmaster, and it's it's very well written. I love Greg Pak. He does uh, Greg Mech Mechanic U um, for uh, Boom Studios. And then uh, All New Wolverine in 2015 by Tom Taylor is really great. It features Laura, a.k.a. X-23, and kind of her 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 story. Uh, and she meets Gabby, who is Honey Badger. And Honey Badger is incredible, and I love her so much. I started reading this after uh, X-Men Red, which is also by Tom Taylor. He's one of my favorite X-Men artists or uh, writers. I was a little, frankly, I was, I was a little trepidatious when X-Men Red was first announced because it features Jean Grey as the main team leader, but it's written by a man. So I was kind of like, I don't know how they're going to handle this. I don't know if I'm going to like it that much, but I really enjoy Tom Taylor's writing. I think he's awesome and he really makes it relevant to modern times. And today, especially with political climates, he makes the whole mutant struggle relevant um, 
and play into like like the world today. And I think that's very valuable because a lot of X-Men books can kind of like push that under the rug and be like, well, let's just have this big, bad, evil thing going on and we just have to save the world. But this one deals a lot with what it means to be a mutant and what it means to be hated, especially in a world of technology as well. Um, mm -hmm. And like the internet has a new mutant named Trinary as well. She can control, she's a technopath. She's very cool. And then the Jean Grey series by Dennis Hopeless in 2017. She had a mini series. Uh, X-Men Red is ongoing, but Jean Grey finished also, I think after two volumes. And it's about young Jean Grey trying to avoid her fate of becoming um, the next Phoenix Force host, host and kind of stave off what killed her future self. Uh, it also takes place at the very beginning of Jean Grey's resurrection. So see, she sees Jean Grey's ghost and kind of deals with living in the shadow of Jean Grey. Uh, and Peony told me I could only pick five. So those are my yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go off anymore. But I highly recommend all of those. Um, Greg Pak, Tom Taylor, Dennis Hopeless, and Christina Strain are among my favorite X-Men writers. So if you're looking for something like fresh and like full of like diversity and representation and good characters and good writing and like fun mutants, I definitely recommend those. Yeah. yeah. And if you need more, I mean, you can always do this. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even this. joking. Like Kara like... has so many good recommendations. Thank you. It would be, it would it would just it would be like the whole hour mm -hmm. so I, know. I, won't, I won't i'm gonna stop myself here but i i think i do have good taste so i, I value everything that i've read <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah so thank you for joining us for this episode yes and stay magical stay magical you can be a mutant and be magical yeah stay Stay mutant and proud. Stay magical. And have a good holiday season if we don't talk to you until the new year. Bye, guys. Bye.